0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you have joined us today for this podcast. This episode is with Jen Worth. She is the founder of Moms Maternal Health. She's the mother of two and is also a former first grade teacher. Jen had a very scary postpartum depression um, when she was four months postpartum with her second baby, and she shares her story very openly and candidly in this episode and gives us all a safe, judgment-free space to... Listen, to learn, and to reflect on our own lives. She does that also in her own community that she has created with mom's maternal health. And what Jen really does is she invites mothers to share their story the good, the messy, and the emotional roller coaster of every piece of motherhood. I also share a little bit about my own struggles with anxiety in this episode as well. And I just want you all to know if you are walking through that in any way, regardless of how old your baby is or your kids are, know that you are not alone and you are not weak if you ask for help. I hope you feel empowered by this episode and please reach out if you need anything. My email is lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast or you know someone who might benefit from listening to this episode, please share it with them and leave us a quick rating interview on iTunes and Spotify. That is a huge help in potential new listeners finding us. And I really, in my heart, think that this is an episode that people need to hear. So that is just one way you can help us get this into the ears of more listeners. All right, friends, thanks for being here and enjoy my conversation with Jen. All right. Well, today on "Why Is Everyone Yelling," we have Jen Worth on the show. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hi. Thanks for having me, Jen. Where are you calling from? Like, where do you live?
1: I live in New Jersey.
0: Okay. Down the shore. Oh, nice. Do you Do you guys like? Are you close to the beach? Do you get to go to the beach often?
1: Yeah, we're like five minutes away. Oh, that's
0: amazing. Do you live there during
1: the summer? Like, are you always at the beach? Um. No, not since having kids because we, we have a pool, so it's just so much easier to go right in the backyard than to, you know, bring everything to the beach. (laughs) So much easier. Now, how old are your kids? They are, I have two girls. My oldest is five and my youngest, uh, just recently turned three.
0: Okay, nice. Um, have you always had a pool since they were babies?
1: No. No, we actually got it right before COVID hit. Um, Yeah. Like who would have known that the world would have shut down? Oh my gosh. What a great summer to have a pool. (laughs) I know, right? Just like be home. (laughs) Yes.
0: That's awesome. So Jen, you're the founder of Moms Maternal Health. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what you do with that organization?
1: Yeah. So I suffered from severe postpartum anxiety and depression with my second um, baby girl. And it literally came out of nowhere, completely blindsided me when she was about four months postpartum. And I had no idea what was wrong with me. And I just knew that I was not myself. Um, I knew that this horrible symptom that I had, which I didn't even know was a symptom at the time, um, it's called intrusive thoughts. And because I had no awareness um, of it, I... Just suffered in silence because I was so embarrassed and ashamed and scared to even admit this horrible thought to my own husband. And so, suffering in silence just obviously made me spiral and things got a lot worse. And eventually, um, my husband did get everything out of me, what I had been dealing with. Um, And we knew in that moment that I needed to get help immediately. And so, I did. My story is such a long one. Unfortunately, I was misdiagnosed at the hospital by a psychiatrist, told flat out that it could not be postpartum depression for a lot of the reasons that I thought it wasn't, um, because I didn't have it with my first, um, my baby was already four months postpartum. Um, I don't have a history of depression, the list goes on. And then my husband knew in his heart there was something wrong with me. And so he just kept continuing to call and advocate for me. And he found this incredible center that's 20 minutes from my house that I never knew existed. And they set me up with a therapist and a doctor. um, And yeah, I was suffering from textbook postpartum anxiety, which then led to a deep dark depression because I didn't have any answers. Um, And then that really started my healing. And I promised myself that once I did heal, that I was going to share my story because I needed someone, I needed answers and validation. And and I wasn't getting that from the healthcare system um, or even my OB. So that's how my page mom's maternal health on Instagram started. And I just, I was so taken aback by how many people could relate that were either suffering or had in the past that were dismissed. Um, new moms that had no awareness of these different mood and anxiety disorders because it's not just postpartum depression anymore and all of the real symptoms that, um, or how it could like look like on someone. And so, yeah, that's kind of how how it all started. Um, I've just become so passionate about maternal mental health because truly, I believe that if I had more awareness and education, that I would not have suffered in silence. That I would have gotten help right away, and that is truly what I want for you know expecting and new moms. Um, even moms, you know, like yourself, you have more than one, and it it doesn't matter how many children you have, whether you've suffered in the past. It truly does not discriminate, and I think that you know, oftentimes we think that's not going to happen to us um, until it does. Or if it doesn't happen to you, it might happen to somebody close to you. And then you're able to, you know, provide help and support to them. So, yeah, that's really how my my page came to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and you also think if you're aware of it, I feel like if you think that you like – you're looking for all those things that it won't happen to you and if you're like aware to pay attention that it won't happen to you i feel like that's a common misconception as well like i know i need to be on top of this but yes. but you can't you can't totally stop the train um what about your husband though like i'm so curious about his advocacy for you and how he knew in his heart like he needed to do something and he he needed to take control rather than assuming you're going to take control yourself of you know because a lot of times with mental health people are like you got to get a hold of this you got to call a doctor and you needed someone to do that for you
1: oh my gosh yeah and I feel like you know these these mood and anxiety disorders um, that women um, even our partners can suffer with they it's a spectrum right so it can be very mild and it can be very severe um, and so what I was dealing with was very severe and nobody knew, but me. And I hid it very well behind you this did. big smile. How'd you do that? And, um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like that's, that's society, right? Like mm. we have to make it look like everything's fine and great. And I got this and I look at pictures and I have the biggest smile on my face. Mm. We look like the most perfect family in our matching clothes. Mm-hmm. And Only I know the depths of the depression that was going on and these horrible thoughts. Um, So as far as my husband, um, all I kept saying was, I don't feel like myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't feel like myself. This is the worst feeling. And I look back now and when someone tells you they don't feel like themselves, that's a red flag. That is them seeking help, but they can't just ask you for help because that's really hard, right? Um, and yeah, when somebody's suffering, I mean, even mildly, especially when you're a new mom, it's hard to advocate for yourself. It's hard to look for support. It's hard to look for a local therapist because it all takes time and energy Mm -hmm. and we don't have that as new moms, right? We don't have time. Um, and if we do have time, there's other things that we're going to be putting first and we don't have the energy, especially if you're suffering. And so I just like all of a sudden started having these what I did not know at the time was avoidance behaviors. I was all of a sudden afraid to be home alone with my baby because I was avoiding this horrible thought that kept coming at me. So um, again, like so many red flags uh, and my husband didn't know that. But, you know, when one morning he was getting ready to go to the gym and um, eventually this anxiety prevented me from sleeping at night, which then made the anxiety so much worse. And I just, I remember waking up and I said to him, like, I don't feel comfortable with you going to the gym. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just, I don't want you to go to the gym. Um, and he, I do not know whatever made him ask me this question, but he asked me a question that quite literally saved my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, it's a question that, you know, sometimes you have to get comfortable asking something uncomfortable um, because that truly, in that moment, we knew I needed to get help immediately. And I am so thankful that he he did ask me that because, like you said, so many times our partners, I don't think they don't understand what we're going through or they don't know how to help. Um, there's lots of people that feel dismissed where, you know, we're told to just like stop worrying. You always worry so much. And I think the thing is is that moms don't want to feel this way right we don't want to constantly worry or have these scary thoughts or feel this intense rage or not be able to leave our houses or um you know be able to sleep when our baby sleeps instead of watching over them right we don't we don't want these things but they happen um and so yeah, I feel like, you know, because he he advocated for me during a time that I physically could not have advocated for myself and supported me during this journey um as well as my family. I feel like I I did heal a lot quicker um but I will tell you like it was hard work and and all of these mood and anxiety disorders they are temporary, they are treatable. It will not be like this forever. Mm. However, you do need to put in that work um, and find that support and those resources and everybody's healing journey can look very different, right? Um, but I do think that you know getting that that help and support is very much necessary. Did you do an outpatient program or did you go inpatient? I went inpatient, really yeah, how long and, were you there for? um I want to say it was. Um, I think it was like three days. Cause I went on a Saturday and the doctors do not work over the weekend there. Um, so I had like no answers at all. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's very sad, the gap that we have, um, in healthcare and mental health, because how do I share everything with them? Like I was very willing to share everything and every thought that I had, um, because I wanted help, I wanted answers, I wanted to get me back. My babies deserved me back, right? And I just kept saying, like, how am I sharing all of this with you, and you're just completely like dismissing me, like mm-hmm. telling me, discharging me with no diagnosis, nothing. Um, I had no answers, and I left that hospital feeling crazier than I did when I went in, and that's really sad. And it It scares me for that mom that doesn't have a center like I went to or doesn't have the support of their partner or family members. And it scares me to think, what would have happened if my husband just like took that as an answer? And I would have went home that day um, as opposed to going to this center and sharing the whole thing again mm-hmm. and then flat out diagnosing me right there. Um, it's really, really scary. And my story, is what happens, unfortunately, to so many women. Well, it's
0: exhausting to like rehash everything. Like you just did that at the hospital and to think I'm going to have to go through all of this all over again with someone new. That's so hard. Yeah. So, you know, I've gone to the doctor postpartum um, with severe anxiety and they always want to give me like an SSR, I think that's what they're called, like an antidepressant. SSRI, yeah. SSRI. And I've been prescribed it a couple of times and I've always chickened out taking it because I'm like afraid it'll make my stomach hurt or afraid like it'll Mm -hmm. make me feel even crazier. And um, then the anxiety passes and I get normal again. And then I get anxiety. Like I actually last week just had a really bad bout of anxiety for like seven days. And I've like woke up yesterday feeling like I've just like came out of this like total haze. Like I'm like I feel like this me again. Like I feel like Lindsay and last week I was I, yeah. I actually as you were telling that story I was like literally like three days last week I told my husband like I don't even feel like myself right now like I feel like I'm outside of my own body which is like such a weird feeling and yeah. he just cannot understand it um mm-hmm. all that to say I probably in the long term I do need to get some sort of cognitive <laughs> behavioral therapy going but I don't want yeah. to because like it's like then when you're fine you're like but I'm okay right now
1: you know Yes. And I say this all the time. Um, that like I'll talk to so many moms that message me and same thing, like they want to start therapy, but they're scared, or they have the SSRI RI that they know in their heart, like they need to just kind of get over that hump, but they're scared to take it. It's like you have anxiety over the anxiety medication, yeah. right? Very yeah. common. I hear it all the time. Um, and then, you know, they'll say, well, I'm not going to take it or I'm not going to start therapy because I've had a few good days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And oh, it it just breaks my heart because like I say to them flat out, you deserve more than a few good days. We deserve more than a, a week of just feeling better or feeling ourselves. Like we always deserve to feel our best. Um, of course, there's going to be days where we don't, right? But we shouldn't settle for a few good days, um, especially when we know that there are things out there or someone that we can talk to that can help us, right? There's so much that plays into this, our hormones. I will tell you, I learned so much about my body mm. um, that when my cycle is coming or I'm ovulating, I will feel a lot of these anxiety symptoms, not nearly as bad as they were postpartum, um, again, because I'm so aware of it now. But they're there. And I, I now have a whole toolbox of tools of how I can cope and manage when that anxiety comes at me. And that is because I I put the work in, in with therapy. Um, and I myself did choose to go on an SSRI. I've, I'm someone that doesn't take medication, you know, for a headache. It has to be really bad. Um, it was a no brainer for me. Like I talked to the doctor and I will say, I think that was Something that was very helpful for me is that, you know, we have in our heads what society makes us believe about this, that, antidepressants, but when I sat down and talked to the doctor and she educated me on them, it helped me make my decision. And I feel like at that point, I had no other choice. Mm. I am someone that works out. I watch my, what I eat. I'm constantly outside walking, like these things that can help your mental health it wasn't cutting it. Like I needed something more. And so, um, for me, it was a very easy decision and I didn't put a timestamp on it. It was, I'm going to be on this for as long as I'm feeling good and my best. And once I get there, then we, we can approach, you know, possibly weaning if, if at all. Right. Um, I will tell you for me, the SSRI hundred percent saved me, um, because it got me to a place where now everything I'm learning in therapy I'm able to actually like use, whereas prior it's like, um, yes, therapy's so great and I love it and so validating, but you're giving me all these tools and I still can't use them because it's like fight or flight mode every time yes. I feel this intense anxiety. So I, it doesn't have to be forever. SSRIs are not addicting. Yes, there's side effects. There could be, but I mean, everything has side effects, everything. right? And I will say, you know, just working with, with a doctor and, and getting educated on them can help you. And also for somebody that's dealing with something that is, you know, just more mild anxiety where it's not impacting your life, you are still feeling like yourself. It's just kind of like here and there. Then yes, things like watching what you're eating and exercising, getting outside, um, self-care, things like that. Meditation can absolutely help, right? But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it, it it just really depends, and I also like side note. Don't think that people's anxiety or depression or whatever have to be that bad in order to go on one either, right? So yes, but to validate you, I hear from so many people that they have like anxiety overtaking the anxiety medication.
0: Yes, it's hard too when your partner like has no idea, like just they my husband specifically is like the most non-anxious, even keeled human being on the face of the planet. And I'm like, you, do you understand what a gift this is that you have? <laughs> <laughs> that you are like, I
1: know, you
0: know, and like, I wish I could like feel what your brain feels like for like, you know, cause when you were talking about the hormones, that's so true. It's like, oh man. And, and part of me with the hormones, like, I always wonder, I'm like, there's a reason that this cycle is the way it is. And like, we aren't probably created to like go, go, go four weeks out of the month. There's like a built in week where like, we're just not meant to hit it hard. And I think in American culture, especially probably like, that's just not how the world works. That's not what we do. And if we can like, just give ourselves that like week, or however long it is, 10 days, maybe. I feel like mine's like yeah. two weeks <laughs> to like just give ourselves some grace and not feel like you have to hit everything so hard. I think that
1: that could be helpful as well. Oh, 100%. Because like I said, there really is so many things that come into play um, our sleep, right? And so it's like, no matter how old your children are, especially if you're a brand new mama, um, like we know that the lack of sleep, sleep deprivation plays a huge role in, in anxiety, especially in depression. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it's all of these things. And it's it is really hard when someone has never experienced what anxiety or depression feels like. Right. And I think that your typical like worrying as a mom is very different than if you're feeling anxious and having panic attacks. And, uh, you know, it truly is impacting like your day to day life and ability to function. Um, And somebody described it to me, which I thought was so good. um, Is like, you know, when you're going down the stairs and like you miss a step and your stomach drops. Yes. Like that is what constant anxiety feels like. Um, And she used that to explain to her husband, like, that is how I feel every day. Um, And like her example was, which I, you know, is very common is, you know, her baby sleeping through the night and she's not because she is staring at her baby because she is having these horrible intrusive thoughts about her baby. And there's so many different intrusive thoughts, but that is what she feels all day. And now it's impacting her sleep because now she's not getting sleep, which is making it worse. So it's just like a constant cycle. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it is really hard for somebody to understand how it feels. um, If they've, they've never really experienced it before.
0: So with your uh, group, you have like a membership where you actually connect moms with other moms who have had babies in the same month, which I think is really cool because there's a lot of like toxic Facebook groups out there. Like I remember, I mean, it's been 10 years since I had my first, but I remember when I had my first baby, like I joined the city moms group and like all these groups, (laughs) like the local Indianapolis moms groups and whatnot. And I immediately, like, two months in, I was like, I got to get off the there, here. Like, this yeah. is, like, not a positive place, you know, because people yeah, are kind of picking at so each other. Many,
1: oh, my gosh. Yeah. And there can be just so many people in it that you kind of get lost.
0: You um, get lost. And, yeah.
1: There could be lots of shaming and judgment.
0: And opinions. Yeah. And then you're questioning yourself. And, you know, that was my thing with starting this podcast. is like, I never want people to walk away feeling like, oh, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z Z, right because they talked about this on the podcast. But for people to walk away feeling like, oh, could that strategy or that thing they talked about like help with my family? Maybe it won't, Mm -hmm. but like, is that something that could be helpful, you know? Hey friends, do you love sunglasses like I do? If you love sunglasses, you have to check out Gooder if you haven't already done so. They have functional, fashionable, really fun, loud colors, also really simple colors as well, and they don't slip around or fall down when you're out and about on the go with your busy, active life. My favorite that I wear all the time are the Breakfast Run to Tiffany's. I also love their Aviator shades, and when I do like running races, I like to wear really fun, loud colors because why not you can go to gooder.com and use the code Lindsay 15 that's l-i-n-d-s-e-y one five for 15 percent off your order all right friends back to the show um so talk to us a little bit about when you connect these moms with people who have babies yeah. born in the same month like what then happens
1: Yeah. So I, um, it was never my intention, but I spend so much time in my DMS talking to moms and I found that there were so many moms who were struggling with similar things. And I kept saying to myself, if I can just connect these moms together. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I created a membership platform. It's called mama's virtual village. And it does just that it brings moms together with other moms. You can connect, um, based on how old your baby is, but, I think more importantly, you are able to join different communities based on the things that you are struggling with and, or what you're navigating in motherhood. So you can instantly connect with moms who are breastfeeding or moms who are pumping or moms who are returning back to work, stay at home moms, moms that are struggling with their mental health. Um, you can connect with moms that are navigating marriage after baby, the list goes on reflux moms, um. We have so many different communities, and we're it's constantly, you know, we're constantly adding to it based on the needs and the wants of the moms inside. But I feel like everybody talks about this village, and so I created the virtual village of it, where um, there there is no shaming, there is no judgment, there is a whole lot of love and support and understanding. I'm in there every single day, so you know the person that is running it, which I don't think you find in a lot of these bigger groups. Um, We have weekly support groups that are done virtual over Zoom, which is incredible. Um, And moms really do come and share and they're very vulnerable. And it's it just creates that safe space that I think moms are looking for. But it's you're not going to find it on social media because you don't really know who you're connecting with. Um, And then we also have monthly live events with experts or guest speakers on all different topics that moms are wanting and needing. So we've had one on a pelvic floor, with pelvic floor therapist, um, a maternal mental health therapist. We have sleep consultants on all the time. We have a sleep consultant that, um, my good friend that hangs out inside there as well to kind of answer sleep questions and all of that. Um, We've had one on baby led weaning and just like introducing purees, And so it is honestly a space that I wish I had when I was a new mom, I could have used it the second time around. And even though my girls are five and three, I still find it so helpful because I'm in there venting or asking for tips or suggestions. Um, And it's just, it's, it's incredible when we all come together to, to support and encourage and cheer one another on and just remind each other that like, it's okay. I'm struggling there right alongside you. And we, we can get through this. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's called mama's Virtual village and it's, it's, I think $10 a month, it's pretty cheap.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if you think about like drowning out the noise and investing in like something that's super meaningful and can have an impact in your life, you can also feel like you're contributing to the lives of these, these other women, it's worth the $10 a month. There's there's yeah. so much noise we sit around and like scroll through and just like negativity. And it's like rid that and like be intentional with a community. And I I do think people are starting to realize that, you know, like social media, this all has been around for long enough that mm-hmm. and we're like mature enough adults that we know when we're going down rabbit holes, but I do think you still have to really be intentional about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's really hard.
0: (laughs) It is hard because you're like, do I need to pay for this? But
1: it's like $10. It's like two coffees, you know? I know. I know. But as you know, we are not the best at spending money on ourselves, even though we know how much it will help. Um, Because then, you know, you can also go down the rabbit hole of Google, which is just as bad. Totally. (laughs) You know, and one
0: of the things that I'm sure you've talked about a lot is um, we always are, not all of us, but a lot of moms are scared to ask for help because it feels like, well, why can't I do it? Like my friend down the street, she's like super mom and she does it all. Or I always think like my mom did it with like no help from my dad. And she was 10 years younger than me when she had kids
1: and had no money. So why do I need help? You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. I know I hear this all the time, but I don't feel like we were ever made to do it all. Like it's silly to think that we can do it all because we can't. And even when we see people on social media where it looks like they're doing it all, they're not because there is so much more that goes behind that picture or that reel or that story that people don't share, right? Because of the fear of being judged or shamed Mm -hmm. Um, or because like you said, society makes us believe that we do have to do it all. So now, you know, we're on social media, but like, are we really going to comment and share how we're feeling? No, right? Um, Because it's, it's scary. And no, I feel like we are stronger when we do ask for help and when we accept help um, why, why wouldn't we? And I'm guilty. Like that was me as a first time mom. I never wanted to accept help. And I will tell you that it took me to hit rock bottom, um, with my second to realize like I have a village and I need to use them. I need to accept their help. And now I'm really good. I'm really, really good at it. Um, and it just, it, it helps me be an even better mom. I'm more patient because I am accepting of the help. Um, Because we really, we were never made to do it all. And if we try to do it all, it's like we're just constantly pouring from an empty cup, right? There is no time for us. Um, So yes, definitely accept the help. (laughs) Well, and I think
0: too, I always thought like, why isn't the help just coming to me? And like, I'd be like, why isn't my neighbor offering to like hold my baby while I do this or something like that? Like, why aren't people offering to help? And not to say that there weren't some people there, but um, I think swallowing your pride and being the one to ask is what you have to do. I mean, not all of us have a mom that lives two miles down the street. And so I think that oftentimes we don't realize that people would actually be really happy to be that yeah. for you but they don't yes. know what to do or don't know how to ask and like nobody's yes. going to be like I can't believe she asked me that
1: like no, you know they're absolutely not <laughs> going to be and I and I think you can say the same for our partners too that I truly believe most of our partners do want to help they want to support us but they have no idea why and the quicker we get over the resentment of like they should know why they should they just don't. know they don't know yeah. why it's not obvious to them like it's obvious to us and we just have to get comfortable with asking them what we need you know honey i need you to please help me like wash the bottles because if you want to hang out with me at night we have to like divvy up these these things and then my, my husband would also like often say why didn't you just ask me? Mm -hmm. And then I would like have that resentment of like, but why should I have to ask you? Yes. (laughs) And I just had to get over that because it had to be asked. And the quicker we did that and I got over the resentment of like, it comes natural to us, more natural or it's more obvious to us. It's just not. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like the same can be said with our partners of just like asking for help um, because I do think that they want to, they just don't know how to do it or what to do to help you.
0: Yeah. You know, for a lot of years, I was really good at at figuring that out. Like, okay, I know that if I just like ask him to like clean the bathroom or do this, he will, he just, it doesn't bother him. Like it bothers me. So he doesn't think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, so I got into a habit of being like, if that toilet just looks disgusting when you go in there, do you mind just like cleaning it? <laughs>
1: like it Mar, takes like, like
0: that. a minute and a half. And now, now we actually are downstairs bathroom, which I like hardly ever use because all four of my boys use it and my husband. And I'm just like, you know what? That's just not a bathroom yeah. for me. <laughs> um, but it's the bathroom that's like easiest to get to in certain parts of the house. So a lot of times before I go in, I'm like, is this going to be disgusting? And like last night that happened, he's like, I literally just cleaned it. And I'm like, yes, you know, yeah. if it if get yeah. get into enough of a routine, they start to, to just do it without even being asked. But um, this is also yeah. 14 years of marriage and four kids later. So we have worked yeah. hard to get here.
1: Yeah, totally. That has been one of the most helpful things for us too, is like we took all of our household chores and things that just like take up space in our mental load Mm -hmm. and we broke it up. Um, And so like there is no, there is not as much asking now because it's just like goes without being said. He's in charge of emptying the um, dishwasher. He's in charge of loading the dishwasher. He's in charge of the garbage and the recycling. So I've had to learn that he is going to wait until the garbage is literally (laughs) overflowing, which drives me insane. But I know he's going to do it and he's going to do it. I have to like back off. And so that's on him. I do all of the laundry. I fold. Um, so we have broken up our, our like household tasks. Um, and that has helped so much because it's like now we know what we're going to do. We don't have to ask. We don't have that resentment. It gets done so that when the girls are in bed at night, now I have time for myself or we have time as a couple. And that has helped so much like I I recommend that to every new parent that asks like what can we do to prepare that's like one of the big things break up who's doing what yes absolutely it's like we call it like our chores our responsibilities
0: yeah when by the time we got to our last two kids um we really had a pretty good system down with, with nighttime too. I didn't breastfeed my last babies and so that makes it a little bit easier when your boobs aren't like yeah. filling up and like, mm-hmm.
1: I know a lot of moms Other are like, people well, can help you. Yeah.
0: You're like, if your boobs are filling up anyway, you're like, well, I want to relieve myself anyway so I'm getting up anyway. I'll just feed the yeah. baby. I totally get that. I breastfed my first. Um, but without having that as a thing for us, we would just split up nights. Like I'm like, I'm taking tonight, he's taking tomorrow night and one of us yeah. would like, I know this is like, you know, you want to sleep in the same bed, whatever. One of us would just like sleep downstairs with the baby for like, you know, we just do when they were newborns and yeah, just when we knew, like when I just knew it wasn't my night, it helped me so much to just like, totally. okay, like I'm off the hook all night. I just got to be in my bed, you know? And, um, yeah. I think a lot of moms might feel like they're not being enough by doing that, by like splitting it up like that. Um, but that's not true. And it's like totally worth your mental health if your partner can do that to, to split those nights up. Because, like, if your sleep deprivation, You're
1: prioritizing your sleep. <laughs>
0: yeah. If your Which sleep is deprivation huge. is like throwing you off and totally making you feel crazy, you got to give in. You got to give in and, and yeah, have them and help no you at night. There's a
1: reason why both of you need to be losing sleep, right? right? Yeah. I, I think that that's so smart and it's temporary, it's not going to be forever. Right. Um, yeah. I love that. That's such a great tip. Because
0: also I do feel like I hear moms a lot of times say, well, they, they're going back to work, so they need to sleep. And I'm like, you know what? Like you need to sleep too. And like yeah. you being home by yourself with this baby all day. Yeah. You might get to lay down and nap when they nap. But if you're not doing those things, if you're not able, because I was never able to nap when my newborns napped, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And if you're feeling crazy and you know, cause you're not getting the sleep, ask for help because, oh, it's just a downward, downward
1: spiral. Yeah. And I hear this from stay at home moms all the time. Like this is like a conversation that the moms have in my support group community all the time where like society makes us believe that if we are not working outside the home, we have to do this all. So like, how dare we ask our partners if they can do this because they're working and no because being a stay-at-home mom is a job, right? It's a job that we do for free. We have no vacation, like no lunch break, nothing. It is having a taste of being a stay-at-home mom. And when I was a former teacher, I will tell you that being a stay-at-home mom was way harder than teaching 26 first graders, um, because there is no break. And, Again, that's us, I think, putting these pressures on ourselves. Because if we chatted about this with our partners, I truly believe our partners would be like, are you kidding me? Like, no, you need to ask me for help. Like, you are working. I don't think our partners truly think that we sit around doing nothing all day and napping. Um, And yeah, it's just, I think so much of these, like, hardships in motherhood is, like, the, these expectations that society puts on us. And so while my page on Instagram, obviously we talk a whole lot about mental health and awareness and educating moms on all the things that I wish I knew, but I also talk a whole lot about normalizing these hardships, the things that moms are feeling and like wanting to talk about, but we wouldn't dare talk about it because what are people going to think about it? But when we do talk about it, we realize, wow, there are a whole lot of people out there that feel how I feel. And it's normal to feel this way. And it's common to feel this way. And it doesn't mean that I'm a bad mom or I'm any less of a mom or that, you know, my neighbor down the road is doing better than me because she loves being a Mm stay-at-home mom. Well, I will tell you, I'm not a good stay-at-home mom. It is not for me. I enjoy working and I'm a really, really good mom and I love my kids, but I personally, I need that break. That makes me a better mom. And that's really hard for someone to say, right? Someone on Instagram is not gonna say, I could never be a stay-at-home mom. Like It's just not easy because society makes us believe that's what we should be doing, right? Um, And and we can say that about so many different things in in motherhood, Um, another like Post that I've posted several times that so many people can relate to is mom's not enjoying the newborn stage. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to say that because people, we think people are going to be like, what do you mean? You're not grateful to have your baby. Like, how do you not love the newborn stage? No, it's very common that people do not enjoy the newborn stage and that's okay. Right. It doesn't mean that we don't want to be a mom or that we're not grateful. It, we are allowed to have feelings. And it's just a shame that um, in today's society and on social media, we're not able to voice them. And so that's another reason why I love my private community, because we talk about all of that um, in a very, like, nice way and supportive way. And there's moms in there that love being a stay-at-home mom, and there's moms in there that could never in a million years be a stay-at-home mom, nor want that, and, like, they're very close, right? We can support one another without feeling like we have to judge or shame someone.
0: Hey, everybody. I want to tell you real quick about Hello Skin Care. They have an amazing lash therapy serum that i have been using that i cannot get enough of i've never been one to do false eyelashes extensions anything like that that is way too much work and i actually always kind of rolled my eyes at these serums thinking yeah right do they really work but i started using lash therapy by hello skincare and after like two weeks time i noticed a huge difference in my lash length and the fullness I just apply it nightly and it moisturizes and helps with damaged hairs and maximizes the appearance of lash volume with each growth cycle. So they say you'll see big results in 60 days, but I say you see it even sooner. I also use their C Juvenate and Time Machine serums. I use the C Serum in the morning, at the beginning of the day, before I put any makeup on and I use the Time Machine at night at bedtime. Um, these are great products and if I were going to push you to one, I would start start with the lash therapy because I just cannot believe the difference. So when you go to helloskincare.com, you can use the code Lindsay H two zero, and that'll get you 20% off your first order with hello skincare. All right, friends back to the show. And with the newborn stage thing, it's like, you know, how many times moms with older kids are like, enjoy it while it lasts. And you're like, dude, I know I get it. Like time is standing still and flying by at the exact same time. I totally get it. But like, I also feel cr- crazy right now.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's so hard. And I think it's bittersweet, but every stage is is special. Right. Um, and like, yeah, we, we look at like, I'm looking at a baby picture right now and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I miss like yes. that. But I don't miss like the newborn. I will say that I. Did not enjoy the newborn stage with my first, but with my second, she was a breeze. Mm. Um, and I did enjoy it. But again, it's like, it's, and especially when we put our, well, what we think is like people sharing their truth on social media, it makes it very easy for us to compare. But I always tell moms that, you know, again, there's like the truth behind the picture and there's always more going on. Totally. I feel
0: like I go through phases where I totally wear my heart on my sleeve on social media. And then like last week when I was having that deep, deep anxiety, um, I almost shared about that like a couple days ago, like as I was coming out of the haze. But I was like, I don't know that I'm ready to give that right now. Like I just don't feel like I have the energy even to like let people know that about me right now. Mm -hmm. So it's like. It's, it's a double-edged sword, I guess. It's kind of like what works for you, you know? Yeah. And you want to be honest, but also like does the whole world need to know like every single
1: piece of you? Right. And the answer is no. And only you will know if you're ready. But that's also part of being like on social media and being like a content creator. Totally. Um, I will say that like there are times where I don't share stuff like that. And there are times where – I do, and I cannot even tell you how many times people will message me. It because always helps of somebody. The realness, right? Because that's what people are wanting. They want the real and the honest truths, and they want to know that, like, well, everything may look like you have it together, you don't, right? We no, none of us really have it together. Uh, I'm sure, like, you have four kids, and you're still trying to figure it out. I have two kids, and my husband and I still look at each other, like, did we handle that the right way? Yep. Like what even is the right way?
0: You know what I think it is for me sometimes too? It's like we recently moved. And so like, well, we moved a year ago, but still, um, the (laughs) new people you meet that start following you on social media and you're like, oh, then they're going to know all these things about me that I do tell the online community that I've connected with. But like, I see you at the pool every day or wherever it is. And you're like, do you need to know about my like anxiety where I could like not keep my head above water, but you saw me at the pool. So you probably thought I was okay. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that gets again, challenging. I
1: guarantee you that that neighbor will be like, I suffer with anxiety too. Yeah. Right. Or I can relate or my husband or something, someone in their family. Right. I think that they're, especially if you're surrounding yourself with like the right people, that yeah. they're not going to judge you. They're going to probably support you. Right? Totally. Um, and so, yeah, that is like a double-edged sword of being on social media. is like putting yourself out there, and it's it's hard. It's a hard balance that I'm still trying to figure out. As totally. Well, of like, how can I help the world without being on social media? Because I'm just, I'm so tired of like fighting an algorithm I know. to help people. Yeah. It just like blows my mind how we can post a picture of a half naked girl and that's going to go viral. But like you have people that are truly so genuine and passionate and want to help the world. And it's like, if you don't post at the same time or every day or at this time, or it's a real, like, sorry, it's not going anywhere. And I, I could care less about this or that, or how many people, but I do care about helping people because that is what I needed. um, And so many moms do. So it, it is really disheartening and I see how it can be very um, toxic and the comparison of it. And sometimes I also look at it like when, like how much it can suck you and pull you away from your own family. Even when you feel like you're being present, Mm -hmm. sometimes I would question myself, like, but was I really being present? Totally. Because in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I have to get back to that person and the notifications and, and all of that, right? It's just, it's constantly pulling you in, which is exactly what social media wants to do.
0: It's hard too, because you've created your business on this platform. I have a friend that um, is pretty active on social media and she she decided to get off last year and it lasted about, I think, five or six months. Um, and she did decide to come back on because it was hurting her business not being on. Um, yeah. But now she's super mindful and, like, she's taking the whole month off right now. And she, I think she does, like, weeks at a time. I heard someone say, yeah. take a month off a year, a week off every month, and a day off every week. And I'm like, that's probably actually oh, like a that. really healthy balance. Like, a week off yeah. every month is kind of a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that could still look healthy, like as far as like what you're putting out there, like you could probably schedule a couple things or like have an assistant put a couple posts out just so that your account stays yeah. active. But like to physically personally um, take those breaks, I think that <laughs> I say that I think that that's a great thing, though I haven't, you know, like sometimes I'll take like three days off around Christmas and that's about it. But I know, I know.
1: Yes. Yeah. And burnout is real, right? Burnout in motherhood, burnout on social media. Um, I always tell moms that like, we have to be mindful of the people that we're following. And if they're not adding value to your life, they're not making you feel good. You need to either unfollow them or you can mute their account. So you're not seeing their stuff. Um, if you find yourself constantly comparing yourself to this other person, right? Just unfollow them, um, or mute their account so that if they you don't, don't want to like hurt their funny, feelings. feelings, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, because all of that stuff truly affects our our mental health, like our emotional health, and we want. I know that when I look at my feed, like I want it to be things that are uplifting, people that make me feel good, people that don't make me feel like I'm not doing a good enough job, or um, like you know, for instance, like if you're a formula feeding mom, if you're following accounts Mm -hmm. that are just breastfeeding, which there are some amazing ones out there, but then there are also ones that they're not for formula Mm -hmm. feeding. Well, those are not the people that you want to follow because they're going to make you feel less than, and you never should feel less than. So we always, at the end of the day, have control over like the content that we, we are viewing on social media, right?
0: I always think that too. I always think like, should I just start afresh, like unfollow everything and then just like really curate what I want it to be. But I get hung up on hurt feelings because I'm like, I don't want anybody to think I did that because like, I don't like them. (laughs) I just like, you know, but like there, there's something refreshing about thinking of starting at zero and literally getting to, other than the sponsored things that Instagram puts in, but like literally getting to curate like a very specific feed. Yeah.
1: And our lives change. So to our interest. Totally.
0: Like you've got people on there that you've been following for like 10 years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay.
0: Well, we always wrap up here with the end of podcast questions. So what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet?
1: Okay. So I have this big dream um, of getting more awareness and education inside of OB and pediatric um, offices so that is where obviously lots of mamas are. We are constantly there when we are pregnant. So um, I had this dream of getting like real education and awareness um, inside there. What we're not getting from majority of our OBs um, more than just like a paper being passed out to us on just postpartum depression when we know it can be so much more. Um, and then just kind of like, also including resources for people as well because I feel like it's it needs to come from like the bottom up
0: oh totally yeah I mean what like our OBs I mean this in the nicest way they don't have time like you're in there for a 20-minute appointment
1: they themselves aren't really educated on these mood disorders a lot of them will just talk about postpartum depression um And that's it. It's like, yeah, you're seen for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then they're on to the next person. And it can be scary to open up to your OB if you don't have that trust factor there, right? Um,
0: And you feel pressured by the time. Like you're like, oh, I I know she's, I'm always like, I know she's busy. She's probably like doing a cesarean section in like three hours. Like she's got more important things to deal with.
1: Yes. yeah. And I truly feel that like, all it takes. And I say it in my support groups all the time that like, all it takes is for one person to open up or for me to even say something. And now all of a sudden other moms are like, oh my gosh, like, that's what I'm struggling with. That must be a thing. Cause she's struggling with it too. Right. And it could be symptoms. It could just be, you know, a mom saying, I, you know, my husband wants to have sex and I have no interest in that right now. Like I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I just had a baby and we always think we're the only ones until mm-hmm. we realize we're not. And then that's all it takes. So I feel like if we we had this awareness, um, I do think that more moms would be able to be more open and to share openly and honestly and be vulnerable because then they know that their, their doctors will listen to them and then provide them with support and resources. But without that awareness, um, it doesn't typically happen. How
0: cool would that be if when you go to your – postpartum follow-up appointments like you are expected to see an OB and a therapist and like that's just part of that practice like it is part of the practice and maybe some people don't need it and that's fine and they can like this this visit is 10 minutes or whatever but like yeah I think if given the opportunity and the option for it to just be part of the process um so many women would be helped yeah
1: yeah Absolutely. And then just like more follow-up appointments because I was fine for four months. Mine did not that's, come on yeah. until and I that's was four a long months time. postpartum. And it can happen up until a year. Yeah. It can go past a year if it's left untreated or undiagnosed. Um, So yeah, by my six-week appointment, I was feeling great. I yeah. was the of the world. Things were easy. My, my second baby was a breeze. Breastfeeding was a breeze until four months came. Yeah. Um, and nobody was checking in on me then. Nope. So. Yeah. You're not going back until like
0: your next like yearly exam, whatever that needs to happen. Um, okay. What's the best, most recent book you've read?
1: Okay. So I am currently reading simplicity parenting and it's great. Um, it's just all about like slowing down and less clutter in our minds and less clutter, like physical clutter for ourselves, for our kids. And, um, I feel like with me taking this like major social media break, I have like decluttered my mind a whole lot. And so I'm kind of just like big into doing that for our children. And so like I look around and I'm like, there's just so much stuff, right? And yeah, it's very overwhelming for me. So I would imagine it's overwhelming for my children. And um, yeah, it's just it's all very interesting. Yeah. So it's called simplicity parenting.
0: I love that.
1: My favorite thing to do is get rid of things. Yeah. I'm a big donator. I just donated a bunch of this morning.
0: (laughs) I actually have a bunch of stuff in the trunk. It's like, how long will that stay in my trunk? I know it needs to go somewhere. It's like my favorite thing to do. Um, what is a kid's book you recommend?
1: So we have this book called different is awesome. Um, and I am a former first grade teacher. So I, love finding books that will teach topics that are really difficult to talk about right um so it's called different is awesome and it is about a little boy that was born with a limb different, so he has one arm and so it just talks about how you know he looks different on the outside and how we can embrace people being different and he's in a classroom and he makes us realize that everybody in his classroom is different that this child has blonde hair that that boy has blue hair, this boy wears glasses, this boy is short, this girl's tall, and how we really are all different. And that different is awesome. Um, And so it just talks about like, it lends itself nicely to talk to your children about, you know, when we're out, you may notice that someone looks different, right? Um, They could have been born that way, or maybe something happened. But we don't, we don't need to stare at them, right? They don't like being stared at. But a lot of them do encourage you to ask them, like, what happened to your arm, right? Because again, that's that education and awareness. And I think that it's these hard topics that we need to talk about. And I prefer that it comes from me rather than my children learning it from someone else or learning it from classmates. Um, And so I will tell you that because we read this book often, um, we when we are out, my, my oldest will say like, oh, mommy, look like that boy's different. Um, and it's not in a, in a cruel way at all. It's just that she realizes that he may have been born different and it's over and done with. Like she doesn't stare at him. Um, sometimes she'll say like, you know, what do you think happened? And um, it's just, it's a great book to, to teach that everyone around us, including ourselves. Like we were all born unique and different and that it's, it's awesome.
0: I love that. That sounds so good. Um, what's a trip or a place that you go with your family that you would
1: recommend? Okay. So this is a major splurge. I will tell you, but we Mm -hmm. have gone to Disney and we found out about these like private tour guides game changer. And so I will say, very expensive. However, we went with our family, my parents, and then my brother. So it was like three families that split it. And they take you to every ride, front of the line, no lines. Oh and <laughs> we we did like all the parks, like two parks in a day, I should say. And we had them for a day like worth every penny. It was so cool to experience Disney like that to be able to go on all of these awesome rides without waiting in line for, for all this time and being on your phone to get to like the next uh-huh. thing. And total splurge, but it, it's like if you do it once and you can save up or you can like go with other families and share it, It's it was incredible.
0: That sounds awesome because honestly, yeah. Disney to me, I'm like, this is too much work.
1: <laughs> it's not a vacation at all. Yeah, this is too much work. <laughs> but going like this, like… It's, it was, it's so cool. And uh, I never even knew it existed.
0: Yeah. I've never heard of that. That's awesome. I guess, yeah. I guess almost anything exists if you're willing to pay for it. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree.
0: Um, okay. Uh, what is your last message to send
1: with our audience? Uh, okay. So um, I would say I have two. So if there are any expecting mamas, um, I would say to prepare for yourself more postpartum than you prepare for your baby, Mm -hmm. unlike majority of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then I would say for current moms, no matter how old your children are, um, we talked about this before, but to truly ask for help when we need it and to accept help. Um, And it could be from family, it could be from your neighbors, it could be from a stranger saying like, do you want me to hold that door for you while you get your stroller inside? Yes, the answer needs to be yes um, yeah, those are my, my two big
0: things. Thank you so much, Jen. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much
1: for having me. This was great.
0: All right, friends. Thank you so much for being here today. You can find Jen on Instagram. She is mom's maternal health on Instagram, and you should also go ahead and go check out her website as well. Um, look into her support group if that's something that you're interested in. MamaVillage.MomsMaternalHealth.com Friends, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. This podcast is Why Is Everyone Yelling on Instagram? And personally, my Instagram is Hine 626 You can also find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine. If there's anybody that you'd love to hear on this podcast, send me an email. Lindsay at SandyBoyProductions.com. Thank you to Gooder for supporting this episode. Go to gooder.com and use the code Lindsay15 L I N D S E Y15 for 15% off your order. If you are looking for some wonderful therapy for your eyelashes, go to helloskincare.com and use the code LindsayH20 for 20% off your first order. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of your day. Ask for help if you need it. Somebody will be there to help you. I promise you that. We are grateful for you and we will see you next week. On Why Is Everyone Yelling?